0: Oh yes, how's it going everyone? Mr. Adam X here, you're listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the Out of Collective Things are good, I don't know, yeah I skied from 9am to 9pm yesterday That is not an exaggeration I skied bell to bell I got park skis, I center mounted them I did park laps, I did front two, back two, front swap, K-Fed. I mean, I was living my 2004 over again. And when I realized it's just fun to have fun, I'm not telling you this for any reason, I'm not saying I'm good at skiing, I'm not saying I'm a good park skier, because I am not. I'm simply saying go out and have fun. Do good for you. I don't know, it felt good, it felt great uh, Yeah, I don't know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rail god now and I'm, I'm pumped on it I had a riot uh, Yeah, that's it, it was 50 and sunny It's currently 55 and raining So welcome to winter on the east coast Speaking of coasts, I think I'm leaving next week to go west So if there's anyone I should interview out West, I will have my van, I will have recording equipment, I will have skis, I will have my pow surfer. So let's go have fun. If you wanna hit rails, I'll hit rails. If you wanna go backcountry skiing, I'd love to do that. Hopefully, it looks like the West is gonna get some snow. And that's really it for my rant. Uh, I never keep these short and sweet, but whatever. sponsor this week Cannon Mountain Go skiing It's really easy Go to Cannon Mountain It's a great mountain It's really fun it has a ton to offer It. How do you advertise a mountain other than saying it's great You can go to cannonmountain.com Check it out Yeah Go to Cannon Have fun It goes back to having fun uh, Their website's actually really nice which I don't think a lot of Resort websites are very friendly to navigate, so go to cannonmountain.com, C-A-N-N-O-N-M-T.com. So I guess it's not Cannon Mountain, it's cannonmt.com. Check it out, they got train parks, they've got their uphill policy on there, so if you want to go do some laps, uh, you know, they have it all there, go cannon, go skiing. The season will be over sooner than we want it to be. So, go skiing now while we can. So, we talk about skiing all the time, right? It's a skiing podcast. It's an outdoor industry podcast. But my passion is really, it goes back to snowboarding and sliding on snow in general. But I want more snowboarders on this show. Uh, So, I got a snowboarder this week, and I'm really excited about it. She's an Olympian. She's a half pipe snowboarder. And her story is interesting because she didn't start snowboarding until she was 18, 19 years old. Uh, she's the first snowboarder ever to represent Malta. And her story is just fantastic. She's a fellow van lifer like myself. And, you know, her stories are just great. It's so much fun. I don't even think I told you her name yet. Uh, Her name is Janice Petiri. She got a ton of coverage in the Olympics. She didn't do the run that she wanted to do, but we talk about that in the show. Uh, She got a lot of coverage because she pulled out a pocket snack at the end of her half-pipe run, which, I don't know, I'm a big fan of pocket snacks. Pocket bacon, pocket biscuits, you know, pocket skittles. If I'm on the chairlift and somebody offers me something out of their pocket there's a good chance I will eat it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we talked about it. I asked her why, and is the why is fun, because it's just like, I'm at the Olympics. I'm not hungry. I can't eat. It's, it's competition day. We talked about that. We talked about judging. Uh... She was great. It was an absolute riot. I, you know, Janice, thank you so much again for taking the time. I know your Instagram DMs have been bombarded, so I appreciate you fishing through them and taking the time to have the conversation. So, before I ramble on too much more, uh, hopefully you're on your way to Cannon, Cannon Mountain to go skiing right now or snowboarding and listen to this on the way. But um, again, I ramble a lot, that's my job. Without further ado, let's do the episode. Dropping in three, two, one, I guess. Yeah. Drop.
1: What is up? My name is Janice. I am a 29-year-old snowboarder, now Olympic snowboarder, since I just got back from Beijing. And I was born and raised in Redwood City. And now here I am. And now I'm back here at my parents' house.
0: <laughs> back back home. Well, congratulations on Beijing. Thank you. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a little like. I don't want to say spite, but almost spite driven, like t- for you to get to the Olympics.
1: Is you there- know, it was always my goal to get to the Olympics. And I know you're talking about that uh, haters TikTok that I put out. Um, my thing was like I moved to Tahoe at 18 and i was like i'm gonna be a professional snowboarder i'm gonna travel the world and just snowboard all over the place like i'm gonna do this and so i got to tahoe just like full of dreams and excitement and i had a blog that i was writing called city kid on shred and um the graveyard of it is still online um but uh yes I had this blog and I was just like documenting my journey like oh I'm so excited to move to Tahoe this is going to be amazing I get to live in the snow I get to go snowboard every day and I was just posting about how excited I was and these guys who were Tahoe local guys they were snowboarders they were in a snowboard crew and um, some people on TikTok were thinking they were like 12 year olds but these were like 18 to like 21 year old guys um, who ran a blog called The Ham which was hating ass man boys. And they would make posts. Yeah, they'd make posts. Yeah, very like you already see where this is going. Um, But yeah, they would make posts just like hating on things. And this one day I got home, I had only been in Tahoe for maybe a month and a half at this point. Like I was so new, still just meeting people and finding my footing. And somehow I see a link on Facebook or something going to the blog and they had screenshotted my blog and then just gone on for paragraphs talking about how I was like, like this insufferable spoiled girl and um I was worse than these two other girls who are total wastes of life combined and um they just went on and on like like just destroying me and then in the comments there there was some random person who was like yo this is kind of unnecessary she just seems like a girl who wants to snowboard out here and um the guys who wrote it came back and um made the big comment that I read in the TikTok about like, she's the spoiled, naive, trendy, hopeless, helpless little bitch, whatever. Um, And so I saw this post and this was heartbreaking to me because I literally was like a month or two into just like going after my dream and I was so excited. And then I'm like, wow, these like local people who I want to accept me are tearing me apart online for literally no reason. And um, and then the one phrase that stuck in my mind, I like screenshotted it and I was like, I'm going to save this because like one day these guys are going to be so wrong. Um, and that one part, like, I guarantee by the end of the season, she'll crawl home to mommy and daddy. And I was like, what they think I'm going to quit? Like, no, I came here to fulfill my dream. I came here to go after this. And um, so, like, the laptop it was on, I haven't even used in, like, six or seven years. But um, before going to the Olympics, I was like, you know what? I still have that screenshot of these guys guaranteeing I would quit snowboarding before the end of the first season. Like, I'm going to print this out and, like, have my little moment of, like, you know, you guys didn't cut me down. You tried to cut me down literally at the start of my dream, but I knew what I wanted.
0: It's so... I love it. Cause I always say fueled by hate and like, that's a horrible thing to like be, but sometimes it, it it is such a great motivator and like you were going to do this regardless if that blog yeah. post existed, but just knowing that it was there and it was in your back pocket and then you qualify and you go and now you're in Beijing and uh, for anyone who hasn't looked it up, go look at her TikTok. It's everywhere now. Anyway, it's not even on TikTok. It's literally everywhere. But um, you basically said, F you, like you're an Olympian now, like you did it. Yeah. This is your stamp. This is your moment. So how good did that feel? Like, are there, is there any words to like, cause that's 10 years of your life?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's funny cause some people in the comments have been saying like, Oh, you, you know, you let them win by living in your head. Like, you know, you, you like, they were the ones that fueled you. And I'm like, not really. Cause I knew I was going to do this and I knew they were wrong. And, I just want to rub their faces in it. Like, they didn't feel me. I just want them to know, like, yeah, you guys were idiots back then, and you're still idiots now. (laughs) Um, Like, you know, in the nicest way that I could, instead of going off on them, I just told them, you know, actually, this statement is factually incorrect. I'm actually an Olympian, by the way. Um, Yeah, P.S. Originally, yeah. Originally when I was printing that out, um, my plan was that I was going to light it on fire in front of the Olympic rings like that. Like I wanted that. I was like, I'm just going to burn this. And I was going to hold the paper and just let the whole thing go up in flames. Um, But there was a lot of security in in China and cameras everywhere. And I had a feeling that they wouldn't want open flame in the Olympic village. Like I thought that might not go over so well. So I was like, all right, you know, just like throwing a basket through the ring will be Um, the compensation like that that will like make up for it but um i think lighting it on fire would have really felt satisfying
0: (laughs) well of course but you're still under like a lock and key which is china
1: yeah yeah and it's funny too also like on on that tiktok and everyone who's reshared it there's so many people who are like yeah olympian but also a litter bug like how how is she littering and i'm astounded by people not realizing that I went and picked that up. Like right after I threw it, like I, <laughs> like I didn't but stop that... the camera and walk away, which is the funniest thing. Like she's a litterer though. She threw thing something on the ground. Those are,
0: say, those are the same people that saying like Michaela Schifrin failed. Like one of the most winningest, if not winningest females in the sport, like it doesn't exist in the same sentence. They're just, I mean, it's easy to talk trash <laughs> from your, from your couch, but, like, I don't know. People are crazy. People are just nuts. And, like, you saw it 10 years ago, which didn't fuel this. But, obviously, you know, did sit – I mean, you thought about it, for sure. Once you got into the Olympics, you are like, I'm going to – now I definitely prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's – I mean, is it weird being a role model? Did you think you would be a role model? Um, Have you, you know, realized I always, that you're a role model yet?
1: I – it's like – It's kind of weird because the way things have kind of spiraled, is spiraled always a bad word or can that be a good thing? It's the way things have spiraled positively. I think it could be um, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a surprise to me because I've always wanted to convey the message with like my backstory in snowboarding you people listening probably don't know is that I really didn't start till I was 18. Prior to moving to Tahoe, I'd only snowboarded like five days in my life. Um, so it was a very far out dream when with five days of snowboarding, I was like, I'm going to be a professional snowboarder. And I couldn't even like turn my board consistently, but like, I was like, I'm going to do this. Um, but so, you know, I started at 18 and like, I definitely had a lot of disadvantages compared to other people in it. And, um, so I kind of always wanted to show people that it is never too late. You know, if you, if you have a dream at any point, um, you just have to put in the work and you might have to put in a whole lot of extra work that other people don't have to do to make up for different things like the time or your circumstance or, um, you know, your financials, like there's, there's lots of things that you could be at a disadvantage with, but if you keep striving to find reasons why you can succeed rather than spending your time, like finding excuses about why you can't. Um, you will be able to do it. You just have to keep like finding like how you can do it and finding reasons why. And um, so I always want to convey that message to people. And that was really what I was hoping at the Olympics was to make it and just show people like, look, like anybody can, can, you know, succeed in any of their dreams. And um, it's, I, I thought maybe, you know, a few people would get that message, but like the thousands of people who are emailing me and messaging me, I'm like, oh my God, like getting I've gotten so many messages I was on like the national government Chinese news for like a profile piece and I have been getting hundreds maybe even thousands I can't even get to the end of my unread messages um, of people from China and a lot of them are talking about how like oh I'm a university student and I really love playing the flute but people told me it's too late for me to do this but after seeing what you did I'm like really inspired to keep practicing and I want to keep trying to make something out of my music or someone talks about um, some art that they like to do or a different sport. And I'm just seeing all these people who are saying like literally what I hoped happened is happening just on such a bigger scale than I even imagined with people realizing they can go after their dreams and goals.
0: Yeah. It's um, not saying I'm on your level by any means, but years ago I put out like a short film and I, I basically quit my nine to five And I bought a school bus and I traveled the country in the school bus, but like the news picked it up and it became and I was like overnight I had like DMs of like you're an inspiration. I was like, no, it's just a guy who quit his job because I didn't want to work anymore. Mm -hmm. Not not work anymore, but like that wasn't the life I wanted. So it's so I'm not saying I'm on your level by any means, but like it is a weird feeling when like people look up to you as a role model and then there's like the pressures, but it's also like just follow your gut a little bit like if this mm-hmm. is what you think you're supposed to do why would you ever let anyone else tell you yeah. not to
1: well and i don't know how you felt but like i think it is a, a it's a scary thing to put yourself out there and like take that first step into doing something um that's not expected of you to to change your life path or whatever like it's a scary thing because No matter what it is or who you are, like people are going to judge you for it. And especially if you do it publicly, if you make posts about it online, like me posting my whole snowboard journey online, there's been (laughs) a lot of competitions that I'm not happy with how I wrote. I'm not proud of my tricks. And I know people are going to give me hate on it, but I'm like, well, I'm sharing my story and I'm sharing my journey. And like I am opening myself up to people's judgments and criticisms. Um, So I, I think it is scary to, to pursue your goals and put it out there that you're pursuing your goals, no matter what it is, because ev- like, whatever it is, there are going to be people who put you down for it.
0: Yeah. And I think they just, I think they just get off on that for some odd, I think they're just, it's just jealousy. And I don't know, maybe I'm speaking mm-hmm. for bullies, but like it is scary. It's terrifying. And it should be. And like life is supposed to be a little scary, which is like the fun of it. I think, maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but like, it shouldn't be, Like if you're just living in your comfort zone, then are you actually living like, that's like, I don't know. It's
1: yeah. It's well. And I think there's, I think there's an aspect of like what I've come to realize from the people who would put me down about my dreams or put me down online. I think those people are unhappy with their lives to an extent. Like there is something that they're unhappy with. And that's kind of what it's saying because Like when I, when I went out to pursue my dreams and I was going for the things I wanted to go for, um, during that time, I never felt the need to put anyone else down. Like I'd see a YouTube video of someone doing something stupid and and in my head, I'd be like, Oh, what an idiot. But then I'd be like, I don't need to say that to them. Like, why would I say that? Like they're doing something they love. And if I'm not into it, like I'm not into it, but that's their thing. Like good for them for doing it. And I think most people who are out pursuing their dreams and are happy with what they're doing with their lives have that similar feeling of like, yeah, you know what? Whatever that person's doing, if it's not for me, like good on them for going for it. You know, that's cool for them.
0: Yeah. So I want to back up a little bit. You're 18, 19, you go snowboarding five times and you're like, I'm going to be a pro snowboarder. How does this, how does this happen? Like, how do you go from not doing it to being and like I've ruined my life with skiing snowboarding the whole thing like I'm I agree with you I grew up playing basketball uh team sports I didn't put skis on till like probably 17 18 I didn't snowboard till I was 16 and then it was like boom my life is ruined in the best way possible but like so how does this how do you go from skiing or snowboarding five times to I'm gonna be a pro snowboarder
1: um, so because <laughs> it's not like that's it, a
0: jump, that's a reach, and you did it. Yeah, like, congratulations! But like, how do we get from here to here?
1: Yeah, no, it's um super ridiculous, really. Um, and happened with a lot of like chance accidents, I guess. Uh, I grew up like skiing a bit. My my family wasn't like super into snow sports. Like, I know some families go up like every weekend in the winter, or whatever. Because I'm not from the snow. Um and like people from the San Francisco area, like we'll go to Tahoe, but um my family would go like one day a winter. And so I skied as a kid and I kind of got bored because I was just like with my parents and it wasn't that exciting. And then when I was like 13 or 14, I was like, well, I want to try snowboarding because like from the chairlift, I'd see the train parks and I'd see snowboarders hitting like the boxes and jumps. And I'm like, well, that looks really cool. The boots look comfortable and the guys are really cute um like no joke that was 13 year old me like yeah the snowboard guys are really cute like so, i think that's switched uh,
0: maybe i'm wrong yeah but i think it's switched snowboarders <laughs> are hotter than or skiers are hotter than snowboarders now
1: i you sound like you might not be a, a partial an impartial uh, i'm both
0: i am i can tell you ski i can <laughs> snowboard and i can ski so i am like i hit all the notches whatever one you want to call attractive i'm in for but <laughs> I just think the snowboarders <laughs> got a little grungy for a little bit. And I think we're at uh, a grungy stage.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But maybe um,
0: that's that's in. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So um, so I decided to switch and I did it maybe probably like three or four days, maybe three days. And then that was like, you know, that year I did it once. The next year I did it once. Maybe the next year I didn't go. And then I did it once again. Um, and then the summer before my senior year of high school, actually, it was the spring before my senior year, I saw a Facebook ad. I was supposed to be doing my homework um, and I was on Facebook instead because this is 2009 and Facebook was a hop in place and they just introduced Facebook ads. This is the first time there were like ads on like the sidebars of Facebook and I saw this ad that said All-Star Ski and Snowboard Camp New Zealand or something or Australia. It was either Australia or New Zealand. I was like, whoa, and I clicked on it. And I was like, Oh my god! Like I could go to a twenty-one day camp for, like, what was it was like twelve thousand two hundred dollars. Like, cool! I want to do that. And I'm like, All right, I'm going to save my money, and then like next summer, I'll be able to go to this. So I started keeping this journal. Like every week, I'd be like, All right, today I have saved five dollars and eighty cents. Okay, this week I added, you know, a dollar twenty to that. Okay, this week I've added this. And I was keeping this journal because I'm like, I'm going to go to this like twelve thousand dollar camp next summer, and um. By the end of that current summer, I was like kind of over keeping track. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, are there any other snowboard camps that exist that aren't $12,000? And I did a little Google search and I found there was two snowboard camps in Oregon, which is much more accessible than New Zealand or Australia. And um, I was in a musical at the time because up until then, my big love was acting. And I did a lot of theater and um, you know TV and movies and things like that. And um, so I was in a musical. And then I was going to have to get back to school a week before because I was a student body officer and I had to start like preparing for school events. So I had a like 10 day window in between when the musical ended and when I had to like start doing school preparation. And I was like, do either of these camps have a session that fits in this one? And one of the camps Wendell's had a session that was like right in the middle of those 10 days that I had free. And it was going to be like I don't know what it was like $2,000 or maybe, maybe it was like 1600 at that point. And I was like, all right, like I already have that saved, let's go. And, um, so I looked at this website, I'd never heard of this camp. I didn't know anybody who would ever been to a snowboard camp. I'd never traveled out of state for a summer camp. Like the only summer camp I had ever been to was girl scout camp up until then. But I'm like snowboard camp. Yay. (laughs) And so I told my parents like, Hey, I'm signing up for the snowboard camp. I have the cash that I'll give you, but I need a credit card to book it. So I need you guys to, to book the camp and the flight and I'll give you guys cash. And they're like, what? Like, are like what? I was 16. Yeah. That summer I was 16. And like, okay. Our 16 year old just showed up and said, she's flying out of the state for a camp that we've never heard of. Like, that's not okay. So I went through some convincing with my parents and, um, they let me go and I go to this camp and up until that point, my only experiences with skiing or snowboarding was with my parents. It was like, I go with my parents, I make turns down the run. It's a kind of just family thing one day a year, whatever. And at this camp, I met like professional and sponsored skiers or snowboarders who did it as a career. And I didn't even know that existed. Um, And so all of a sudden in this week, I was just exposed to like, all these people who snowboarded year round and they got free products. And that was a big thing. I was like, I want to get free stuff.
0: Nothing's free. Like, we'll talk oh, about yeah. that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we've, the, I've learned that. 16, yeah but, um, it was free.
1: Yeah. I was like, they get free stuff and they get to party and they travel the world and they do this year round. And there was this whole like different vibe to it um, from what it was when I went with my parents. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. Like I want to just do this all the time. This is so cool and so fun. And it was probably also affected by like it was the first like freedom that i had like going to a co-ed snowboard camp with skiers and snowboarders and skateboarders is different than going to like a girl scout camp um yeah. that's just like all girls doing with your family yeah and yeah and so it was like a whole different culture and fun and i was like this is cool like i want to do this and um i started getting transworld snowboard magazine when i got back home And that senior year of high school, I would just be like reading Transworld in class and looking at the pictures of people snowboarding, like all over Japan and Europe. And I I would like, I just became obsessed with this idea of like that being me. I was like, I want to travel all over the world, snowboarding, getting paid, getting free stuff, going to parties. That was why like, I was like professional snowboard. You just party and get paid and you get free stuff and you travel. Like
0: that that sounds amazing. That easy.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And all of the colleges I was going to apply for were in Los Angeles. And, um, I'm like, no, I'm going to apply for university of Utah, Boulder and Sierra Nevada college, like three mountain schools that I'd never visited really knew nothing about. And, um, and USC had been my dream school. And I was like, well, i I still have to apply to USC because I've been dreaming of the school for so long. But if I don't like, if I get in, I have to go to USC, but if I don't get in, Like I'm going after the snowboard thing. And I think subconsciously, I kind of bombed the admissions a little bit, like a week before the application was due, I decided to apply to the art school at USC and I'm not an artist. Um, so I put together a portfolio of like random doodles and whatever. Like it was Mm -hmm. like, definitely, I I think I just kind of blew it, um, subconsciously, but I didn't get into USC. And then I was like, all right, like I'm going to go be a snowboarder. Let's go to Tahoe.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. That is like, like you expect something different to happen there. And it's just like, no, I just willed it into submission. And Mm -hmm. I went to a summer camp. Like, it's crazy to me that you didn't. I
1: saw a Facebook ad. Yeah. That's where it starts from. I literally saw an ad on Facebook.
0: Yeah. But the people listening are like, yeah, of course, Facebook has ads. But like when Facebook started (laughs) for us older folk over here, it was, it wasn't full of ads and you had to be in college. Like when I started, you had to have a college email address to be on Facebook, and then they realized they could get everyone, and then they yeah, got a I got 16-year-old. I got into
1: it the year that they like opened it up outside of college because I first saw something about Facebook, like there's this social network thing, and I was like, I read it in a magazine, I'm like, what is this? And I went to log in, and you needed a, a college email address. I was like, oh man, like I guess not for me. And then like a few months later, or the next year is when they opened up to like everyone. I was like, ah. Oh.
0: But it's crazy that that like ideally change the projection of your life. Like otherwise you would have ideally stayed in theater, stayed in acting and like done the whole thing.
1: I would have had a completely different life. Like it like fully was like a split in the road. And I went like a completely different direction because of one chance thing. And then it's crazy to think like how many little chance things are there in your life that like split you off into a totally different path and you
0: never even knew. Especially that you could like, the cool thing with yours is you can pinpoint it. Like, you know, and I think the fun that like most people don't maybe realize to get to the mountains from San Francisco is it's three hours. It's a whole different world. Like a lot of our fan base here is East Coast. And like, it's just a different experience when you're in the West. Like you go to sports basement in San Francisco and you rent gloves, helmet, jacket pants skis yeah. we boots.
1: don't have our own snowboard clothes or anything because yeah, you I don't think it's, need it.
0: it yeah like that's normal for you growing up but like for a kid growing up on the east coast like we have skis we have boots we have everything and like i think <laughs> it's important to note like it's a totally different world yeah. when you ski from san francisco
1: yeah it is like, it's like a, it's an event to go. You you're like, Oh, I'm going on my ski trip. Like we have planned it out for months. This is the one day we are making that big drive up to Tahoe. Um, you know, you, you leave your house at like four in the morning or five in the morning, you get up there, you ride to like four, you get back at like nine o'clock at night. And like, that was your ski experience for the year.
0: Yeah, that's it. And you're gassed and you had no legs. Yeah. And that was just what you did but that's and I, it's
1: normal it's normal to do that and then be like yeah that's fun that was my ski trip you're not like oh i wish i could go more like wow that was so difficult to get out there you're like you're like no yeah like no that yeah, was I it. Did my ski trip this year
0: yeah that was it hmm. so you move to you get into school at sierra right
1: yeah i got into all three and then um sierra nevada had the top collegiate um ski team and snowboard team and knowing nothing about snowboarding i was like well if you want to be like an NFL player, you go to the top football colleges. That's so how it is. Like collegiate sports is a big deal. So I was like, yeah, like top collegiate snowboard team, like that's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> and you're I'm laughing because you know, like <laughs> I went there and I thought it was going to be this this big deal. It was going to be the launch pad to the pro leagues, and um, yeah, no, actually they didn't even let me on the team to start off with. Um, I went to the college to be on the team and i get there in like october or whatever uh i or i go into the like uh uh what's it called the the sports office um in, in october and i'm like hey like yeah i want to join the snowboard team and they're like yeah okay what are your competition results and i was like uh, I don't have any. they're like well you need a competition history i'm like yeah i've never done a contest like can i, can I just be on the team
0: <laughs> nope it's crazy like that is Like you're skipping over it a little bit and you're not, but like, I don't think you understand how crazy it is that you like thought you could just get on the team. I don't mean crazy in a bad way. Just in like a, like you just like a, for lack of a better term, like a naive young kid, you don't know how you don't know the industry. Yeah. Versus like, I didn't know how it worked. I just wanted it. Yeah. We're jaded. We are like mad about everything in the industry and, it's so, it's so refreshing to see you like come in and be like, Hey, I want to be on the team. And you're like, what, like, what do you, yeah. how, what do you mean? You want to be on it? I want to be on the bills. Like yeah. the Buffalo I was supposed bills. to be in a
1: competition. Yeah. Like, how do I even enter a competition? Like, I don't know. I'm from San Francisco. I've never even heard about a competition happening. Like I thought I could just show up and then you would enter me because you, you guys have scheduled games, you know, whatever. That
0: um. is, so we're going to jump around a little bit. Um, do you stay in school?
1: Uh, So after that, I was like, well, I'm here to be on the snowboard team. And if you're not going to be on the team, I'll take the spring off. I will do every snowboard competition I can find. And I'm going to come back and be on the team. Um, And my advisor was panicked when I told her I was going to take the spring off. She was like, don't do it. Like, you have to stay in school yet. I'm like, I'm coming back. And she's like, no, everybody says they're just going to take a semester off. And then they never come back. And I'm like, no, I am coming back to be on the team but they're not letting me on the team right now. So I'm going to go compete. And I will come like, like to me, it was simple. I was like,
0: it's amazing.
1: I was like, I'm here for an objective. So, um, so I finished school, you know, like after Thanksgiving or whenever college has the hugest break between the spring and uh, winter. Um, but so, yeah, so I, I moved out of the dorms. I moved to North star. I got a job as a ski instructor because, This was also the thing first year in the mountains. How do you go? How do you go snowboarding a lot? You get a job at the mountain, like that's what you do, right? You get a job at the resort. Turns out, that's like the worst way to actually get time to ride. Because you're working. Um, Yeah. So, so I actually I applied to be a snowboard instructor, and which is also funny thinking back how I like barely could turn a snowboard, and then I was bummed that they didn't let me be a snowboard instructor. Like, well, we can only have a few snowboard instructors, so everyone who applied to be a snowboard instructor was hired as a ski instructor. Um, And they're like, we'll just teach you guys how to ski for like three days and then you guys can be instructors. And um, luckily I knew how to do it. And so I actually, I only worked for like two weeks, which is the funny thing too. I was living in the employee housing. Um, I did my like two weeks of work. And then I, I found that Northstar had a freestyle team with coaches that I could train with. And I was like, perfect. Like I'm going to join this team so I can like actually learn how to do this thing i'm supposed to be doing. And so i went and told my boss like hey i'm i'm joining the freestyle team um the days we have off of training are mondays and tuesdays so i can only work on those two days. And they were like well we reserve those days for the the instructors who have like seniority those are like their preferred days. So um you know i don't know if i'm put you on the schedule and i was like well that's fine like if you can't schedule me like whatever like <laughs> i'm not bothered i'm just going to snowboard every day. <laughs> so I lived in north star theme and i never worked another day for the rest of the season
0: oh good for you so that was
1: probably like christmas time i was already done with my job um and i snowboarded the rest of the season i did the usasa contests, and um i entered every single event slope style half pipes slalom giant slalom border cross, and i learned literally everything and I-, I could do i learned at competitions Um, which is the, this is the other crazy part is that I had hit North stars, like five foot jump and that was the biggest jump I'd ever hit. Then I go to my first slope style contest since at boreal and it's like a 10 foot jump and a 20 foot jump. And I'm there on contest day. Like, all right, I guess it's time to learn how to hit a jump this size
0: stressing me out.
1: (laughs) So I just did it. So I was like, well, I, today is the day Got to hit jumps this size. And I remember being at like my first rail jam. I think it was a Volcom pbrj rail jam one of those and i only could do a 50 50 they had a down box and i could only do a 50 50 and so i did it and then there's you know like 28 minutes left of the jam so i was like well i guess i gotta figure out how to do some other tricks um so i learned like front lip i learned fifty-fifty front one off fifty-fifty back one off i think i might have learned a board slide i think i might have learned like a nose press or tail press because i was just like i'm at this competition like i guess i need a it's insane. Like, figure stuff out, um, And because I kept putting myself, I put myself in those positions where I was forced to step up to the plate. Like, you know, if you're if you're just riding at the ski resort and you see, a, you know, a big jump or a big rail, you can be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to hit that. Mm, something feels off. I'll do it tomorrow. Like, mm, I'll come back tomorrow. You go back the next day. Like maybe, maybe I'll hit it like next weekend. Like I, I feel kind of off, whatever. But when you're at a competition, you can't just come back tomorrow. You are there and you have to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I made myself step up to those things. And then like the last slope style competition of the season was the billabong billabong flaunt finals at Sierra. And the jump line was a 45 foot jump and a 60 foot jump. And at this point, like I still was not even comfortable with toe side turns. I would do like heel side. I'd go straight and I'd do a heel side check, straight heel side check. Um, because I wasn't sure if I got onto my toe side I wasn't confident that I could get back to my heels so I just kind of avoided them so now I'm at this big slopestyle contest and I'm hitting my first 60 foot jump and literally like still could only turn one direction confidently
0: (laughs) for anyone listening I'm just shaking my head in like stressful disbelief (laughs) just so we can just put some imagery to this
1: Dude, it stresses me out, too, because I look back. I'm a much better snowboarder than I was, you know, what, 12 seasons ago when it was my very first season. And, like, I don't even hit big jumps anymore. And I think about, like, I I think about that. I'm like, I couldn't even turn. And I'm hitting a 60-foot jump. Like, what was I doing? <laughs> like,
0: I guess it's just, like, the power of, like, willpower and, like, just willing things into, like, happening and... It's, you know, it's a story of believing in yourself and just knowing like, this is what I want to do and I will, you know, I'm willing to risk it. And I think anyone listening has to know that like you were taking huge risks and, you know, you were fortunate to come out the other end on top, you know, like what point did you start getting, I don't, lack of a better word, good. Like, when did you start being like, okay, I can do this. Uh, I think I can make an Olympic bid here. Um, know when does it start like clicking i don't want to keep you too long we've done like 30 yeah so um... no
1: um well so like i mean after that i was like man i'm hitting big jumps like i got this like sign me up for x games let's go (laughs) and i think that was part of the maybe like naivety a little bit that um you said taking risks but to me i wasn't taking any risks because I had never been injured or had any consequences so they're like there wasn't any consequence or risk like I had knuckle jumps before and it's like yeah you knuckle a jump ah whatever you ride out you fall down ah whatever like it's all good also like 20
0: at this point if I knuckle jump I'm done for a, a week
1: oh yeah yeah no I I um it, I just had the beginner's attitude I mean you see too sometimes beginners sending it off of things they're fully not ready for and they just don't even know they're not ready. Yeah, and I think fine. that's where I was. And I was doing it just to an extreme that I was not ready to do what I was doing. And I was just sending. Um, and then uh, I went to nationals. I podiumed. This was my age division, which I still didn't know there's difference between like age division and open class. I was like, yeah, I'm, I podiumed on all five events. I'm like, dude, I am like the best 18 to 22 year old <laughs> snowboarder in the country. Like this is crazy. And that's when my parents started taking it seriously. Um, I remember my dad came and he was like, he was like, Oh, you're actually taking a snowboard thing seriously. I'm like, yeah, what did you think I was doing? He's like, Oh, I thought you were just going to Tahoe and you're just going to party. He's like, I thought you're just going to party for a few years and like waste time. I'm like, no, I like, I told you, I said, I was going to be a professional snowboard. I said, I was moving to Tahoe to become a <laughs> professional. Like, I'm like, why do you not why don't why don't you understand this? That to me it was just this very clear thing of like this well, is what I said I'm people, gonna.
0: To be fair, most people don't get there. Like <laughs> I could say I'm a professional skier. Or I want to be a professional, but I'm not there, and I'll never be there. Like it just does. It's not in the deck. Like it's not in the cards. It's not gonna happen for me.
1: I'm a um, professional
0: fun haver, and I'm really good. At yeah,
1: that. you know what? And I think it's not all it's cracked out to be. So. Uh, you know, you're probably having a good time. Um, but yeah, for me, I, after that, I, I got back, I got on the college team the next year and then I started learning more about snowboarding and I realized like, oh, like college snowboarding really doesn't mean anything. Um, but we're having fun and we're going on trips and, you know, getting a podium at all these college events. And then the end of that year, I blew my knee out. It was the Bill Bong Pond finals and I decked the 60 foot jump. And going into it, I knew I was too slow. I was like, yeah, should I pull out? I was like, ah, I'll just probably knuckle a little bit. Like, it's all right. I knuckle all the time. You know, it's fine. Um, and then I took off the lip and I was in the air looking down. I'm like, oh, I'm not even making it to the knuckle. Like, oh, man, like I'm going to hit the deck. And I landed on my feet and I was like, yeah, tech nine. Like, boom, I don't need a landing. And I stomped that deck and my knee exploded. <laughs> and... Um, that that put a big wrench in things because up until that point like if you looked at i think i was doing rev tours that second year too and i had some like top 10 finishes and so like if you looked at that like two years into snowboarding like hitting big jumps getting top tens at rev tours like for only two years of experience like i was on a really good trajectory but then after blowing my knee out like then it I kind of plateaued for a while because I was freaked out and all of a sudden there was consequences. I couldn't just send it. Um, but I, uh, so that was the second year. Third year was my last year at school. I graduated and then, um, on a whim I moved to mammoth and I started training there. And like at that point, that's when I was doing like rev tours full time. I was like, yeah, okay. Like doing my rev tour, starting to compete. Um, because my path wasn't always competing like when I was when I had the dream of being a professional snowboard I really just wanted to travel and stuff and so filming could have been a route um, you know there, there's a lot of different like things I could have done but I was just kind of on the competition track from college and it was like most of what I knew at the time and then that year I guess it was 2013 was it 13 I think I got invited to um my first Grand Prix I got I got a U.S. spot for the Copper Grand Prix and I was like whoa like that's a like pro competition like um at the time Kelly Clark was in it um Hannah Teeter, Elena Height was competing um Maddie Shaffer, a lot of like the like OG like pro woman that whole generation of pro women were in that competition and I'm like what like I can't compete against that I've done this for three years like I don't know what I'm doing um how did I get a spawn? and just because of how I was ranked from the other competitions the U.S. had an open spawn. they're like yeah do you want it (laughs) Uh, so I, I rode the chairlift with Kelly Clark at Mammoth and I said to her hey like can I ask your advice I got an invite to Grand Prix and like I'm not ready like I'm not there I don't know what to do because it's amazing that I got this invite but I'm not good enough And she was like, it's okay. Like, that's amazing that you got an invite. Like, of course, go for it. That's, that's awesome. It was everybody's first competition at some point, you know, everybody entered the field. Like at one point, nobody started out on top. Um, and so I was like, okay, like I should do it. Like, okay. And, um, so I did that. And then, um, actually when I did that competition, I already was in the process of changing my citizenship to Maltese, um, cause I wanted to represent my grandpa's country, which is kind of a different thing. Like I had, uh, I, I, was in college going back in time. Um, I was at one of the college events and I was talking to a skier who was on our team and we were just talking about like where our family is from and stuff. And like, Sochi was going to be coming up in a year or two. And, and he was like, Oh, you have family from Malta. Like, why don't you go to the Olympics for Malta? And I was like, Oh, like I never even thought about the Olympics. That wasn't like an idea in my head at all. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what, like, like, I think I could do that. Like, I think I could get there, um, you know, if I get into that level of competitions and then keep, you know, keep training and all that. And, um, my grandpa, when he immigrated from Malta with my grandma, he started an ice skate boot company and they made figure skates for like top competitors from all over the world. And um, so I grew up seeing in the Olympic years, like NBC would come to his factory and do interviews with him about how he handmade these figure skates. And I always thought it was so cool seeing his involvement with like being part of the Olympics in that way. And so when I had this opportunity of like, oh, I could compete for his country. I was like, this would be amazing for me to be able to bring it back to where he came from because he supported all these other Olympians, American Olympians for so long. And, And it was a way that I could kind of do something in return um for him and um so I thought it was really cool. So so I was finding the consulate and going through the paperwork with getting my citizenship changed. And so meanwhile that's when I got I started getting invited to like the Grand Prix for the US and I was like, hey like I'm already in the process of leaving the US by the way. Um do you have to renounce
0: your citizenship?
1: No, I have a dual citizenship and it's I don't know if that's personal. Sorry. It's no it's it's like the best situation to have a u.s and an eu passport because literally all of europe is open to me the u.s is open like um, i kind of have a lot of freedom around the world with it so i'm very grateful that i have that actually um, and you're the first snowboarder
0: yeah, it, to ever represent malta correct
1: yeah i'm malta's first snowboarder um i was hoping to get it in time to like try to qualify for 2014 because um, i had never had a winter olympics athlete at all and I didn't get in time. And a, a girl from France, who's a ski racer, managed to go for Malta in 2014. And so she got to be the first Olympian. And she went 2014 and 2018. And then I finally got it on this one and um, began for snowboarder. So I don't, I'm i not their first winter athlete, but I got to be it's the first snowboarder.
0: First. It's still a first. <laughs> They'll never take that from you.
1: Yeah. And I'm hoping it'll open the door to other people. Um You know, from there, because some sometimes people are like, well, you only have this chance because because like you're not really Maltese, you're an American, like you had this chance because you were in the U.S. Um, But I didn't grow up in the mountains. Like I didn't start training or competing.
0: That's B.S. Anyway, Like Eileen Gu. I mean, she could have represented (laughs) U.S. Like she chose not to. That's your choice. And that's like the cool part of like having heritage. Right. Like,
1: yeah. It's I not... think a lot of people don't realize how many people do it too. Like if you look at the winter Olympics, probably half of the athletes like that aren't like not counting like the U S and Canada teams. If you look at like any of the other countries teams, like half of them are all from different places.
0: Yeah. I um, think it's, I think it's just part of the evolution of the Olympics. Like, cause a hundred years ago it was different if you were just from where you were from, but now everyone yeah. moves, everyone travels, you know their parents grow up in different countries they're like so it's i don't know it's kind of like you get to pick your team if you like if you have yeah. the option why wouldn't you take it like
1: yeah and and that's and i i kind of figured because i switched to Malta like before trying to get on the the u.s team like i i didn't like put in years of effort and like of trying to get on the u.s and being like oh i never made the cut like now i'll switch like i basically switched to Malta like before i even tried um because i was like well like I, it, Malta said, if you qualify for the Olympics, we'll send you, um, cause there are qualifications you have to hit. Like they don't automatically get a, a spot. Um, so there's still like criteria you have to meet. Um, and they said, if you meet it, like we'll send you, but the U S you can meet that criteria and still not get picked because there's so many other athletes. And so I was like, well, either way, I'm going to be like trying to compete and training for the next so many years, but like I could keep trying to get on the i could try to get on the u.s team and maybe never get to go to the olympics or i can represent my family's country and like actually get to go to the olympics which at the end of the day is kind of the big thing is is going to the olympics and um and i was just i I, like what i want people to see is that i didn't start till i was 18 i moved away from home so like with my lead anyone in malta who grew up in malta could be an olympian too like they can grow up through their lives not doing it turn 18 move you know if you go from malta up to the italian alps it's probably the same distance as going from california tahoe like california tahoe is like three to four hour drive you can fly from malta into italy in an hour and a half take a train for an hour and be in the alps like they're the same distance so it's like anybody could actually go after this and um you know even if you didn't get to do it your whole life
0: and i think it's important to note that you don't suck at snowboarding <laughs> like <laughs> but like thank you i well no but i think there are like there can be people who just like if we want to call it for lack of a better term like a loophole you know it's not yeah. you didn't just loophole it like you were competing in the us and you were qualifying and you were doing like you were on track anyway and as you said you switched your citizenship or got dual citizenship prior to even attempting to be on the U.S. team so like because there are people that loophole it and it happens once in a while and like yeah and it discredits people who don't loophole it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but you'll have that in anything that. like you'll have that it's-
1: it's good to hear you say that, that that's recognized because that's something I've like, like a uh, image I really want to fight against. And like, I'll get comments related to that. And I want so bad to argue with people and be like, no, you don't have the information. I didn't just get an automatic spot. Like, no, I don't suck. Like I have some gnarly tricks. Like I just don't have amplitude, but like, there are like things that I want to like, like fight back on, but whenever you engage like negative people online, it never goes well. Um, but like No, you'll never 2000- win that one. Yeah. Like the two thousand eighteen Olympics, when I, I was one spot away, I was twenty fifth in the Olympic rankings and only twenty four get to go to the event. Um, so even though I would have been the only person from Malta, like still only the top twenty four in the rankings in the world get to go. And yeah, um, top twenty
0: five in the world is where you were. Y- not yeah a, and, i don't know how and, many people live in the world <laughs> yeah like being top 25 <laughs> in the world yeah. is impressive
1: and and i mean so like in those qualifiers for that olympics like i was doing by the last two qualifiers that year i learned cripplers and i had i think i had a front seven in my run I might've had a back seven. Did I have a front seven? No, I I might've had like a back seven and a crippler in my run and two fives and like a switch trick. And so like I was going upside down, I was doing sevens. I was doing fives like, and I missed it by one spot. And so it's not like I wasn't doing anything. And um, someone else went that year who like, didn't really do anything. And it, kind of open the door to this stigma of like oh yeah if you go for another country like you can just like ride up the walls and get to go to the yeah, olympics i
0: think we both know who we're talking about yeah but it, and, and
1: i don't need to put her down because like i think you know what she had a dream she went after it, that's her thing and i'm sure my she's got con- a
0: story but i think
1: yeah my only concern was like the stigma that it would leave me of people going oh wait that person represented another country so Janice you represent another country and like you couldn't even get in
0: but it's I th- like, See, I I'm i like my event rebuttal, was a different event <laughs> but I think that rebuttal is like the I think the best example is Eileen Gu like she could have represented the U.S. she had mm-hmm. her choice and she chose not yeah. to so no yeah. one's met like and she's top of her sport so mm-hmm. you know they only find the negative like if you don't have a gold medal around your neck which is like yeah it's it's one good run away from a gold medal, you know, and one yeah. bad run away from not a gold medal. So it's, yeah.
1: I, I had someone know. DM me this year that I knew who's on a park crew at a mountain. And he DM me and said, have you gotten any medals this year? Please don't be the blank person of snowboarding. And I was like, have you got medals? Like, okay, there's 34 people. In my last minute, I got 22nd. Like, yeah, I didn't get a medal, but I still beat a lot of people. Like like how does yeah. your logic make sense it was like have you gone metal no like don't embarrass all of snowboarding by doing nothing it's like
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think you can worry about that and like i mean i've talked to you for 45 minutes and like clearly you have a good attitude good head on your shoulders and you seem yeah. to know where you fall with it but it is hard to like listen to bullies and you're so open with your youtube and your tiktok and like you're gonna get it so you just have yeah to, you know, it's just it's, it's part of it. Unfortunately, it's just
1: frustrating. Um, The and I, I guess the thing is, like, I get you know a hundred times more positive comments and positive messages than negative ones, but the negative ones have a way of like like oh, creeping daggers. into your brain. Yeah,
0: they're daggers. and it's like
1: you know how many comments I get from people who are like. You can't even get above the lip. And I'm like, let me send you pictures of me going like seven feet
0: out. Like yeah, but I will you'll never, you- you'll never win that. Also, I will those people can't win. even like ride up a half pipe. Like I think, yeah. we, and it's easy to be on the couch and sit on Twitter and like, just go off. But like we have, I want, I don't want to say we, cause I'm not part of this, but like most people have no idea. How hard that actually is, and like if you are seven feet out of a twenty-foot half pipe or twenty-two-foot super pipe, whatever size it is at this point, like you are twenty-seven feet above the ground, and if you get bucked or pushed in any direction, like you're falling three stories. So, but no, I mean whatever that's and
1: and and for me, like I I've always like with like half pipe specifically, games like technicality, like I have struggled with amplitude, but I've been really good with spinning and I have like some more technical spins and like can spin faster and like and, and do rotations that like a lot of the other people in the event don't do um but then people just like they see the amplitude and um like I've gone through so many frustrating events where I'll get scored with you know two sevens switch tricks like I'll spin four different directions with sevens and fives and I'll get scored lower than air 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 three,
0: three, or like yeah. air, air,
1: air, five, three. I feel like
0: judging we could do a whole nother podcast on because that's it, like, and
1: it drives me crazy. Cause they, they come down to the amplitude so hard and like I've known going into competitions. I'm like, I've talked to my coach, like, should I just do a straight air run? Like, should I just do all airs and two threes? Like it'll score better. And they're like, well, would you be happy that run? I'm like, no, I'm like, I want to go do sick tricks. And like, I know that they're going to like, like punish me so hard for the amplitude and and so with the olympics like i knew that too where i was like i could see in the scores that were coming out i was like well i could place three spots higher if i did air 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 five five air air i'm like i could place way higher just showing a bunch of high straight airs but like i don't want to go to the olympics and like
0: yeah you want to do do your best run for you and that's... yeah
1: and and i i came down to like do i do this run for the judges points or do i do the run for my pride and i was like for me to be proud like i want to know i did like cool tricks like and and my run was front seven cab three air back five front five back seven switch alley-oop and like okay my switch alley-oop is like at the lip. I think the one at the Olympics wasn't as good, but like I can like just peek it above the lip, but switch alley-oop in the pipe is not easy. Like yeah, it's no one, you, you don't see anyone else going a cab spin and an alley-oop like no one's doing it. And so for me, I'm like, well, that's a really cool technical trick. Like none of the other girls do a back seven in their run. Cause it's a gnarly, like blind switch heel side landing. Like nobody does that. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, like I could do a backside air right there. That's much bigger, but it's like cool to do this different trick. And so I kind of like said, screw the judges. I was like, whatever. Like, I know they're going to give me a trash score. And I know I could get a better score if I was playing to what they wanted. But like, this is my experience. I'm at the Olympics and I am going to do something I'm stoked on. And I didn't do the run to the best of my ability. So I was like, kind of bummed on that. But I tried, like, I didn't hold back. I tried to do something that I would be proud of and and I think at the end of the day that's what matters because you know who cares about the judges scores <laughs> yeah I think
0: that's a testament to you and I think it's a testament to snowboarding like I always compare it to uh Lindsay Jacob Ellis when she did the grab like at her first Olympics and the fell. famous
1: method that but like
0: <laughs> but like that's and like she came out immediately and like said it was like for balance or something and then she ended up admitting like we all knew it wasn't for balance yeah. but like that's snowboarding and like don't ever change like and i'm sure she's relived that and like she's finally got her gold medal to like you know
1: finally i was so happy for uh, her i was
0: like i think all of the industry was just like thank you thank you so much like i was i was like crying you know but i think that's snowboarding and it doesn't matter like the judges and like obviously you know competition is always competition and we have to do it and it's part of the sport and great but like there is some like wholesomeness to just going out and being you and it's a testament to who you are as an athlete and your whole journey the whole time of just getting to where you got as an athlete like you didn't do it the traditional way so like i don't know i think it's something to be proud of i don't want to keep you too long i have you for 53 minutes already i have a couple of questions yeah um what was with the dumpling <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what dumpling could you be talking yeah. about
0: okay so everyone who doesn't know um during half pipe qualifiers she did a run and she got to the bottom and pulled a dumpling out of her pocket on national television and started eating a dumpling what why was this planned what was this
1: so pocket um, snacks big fan of so i mean i I'm a big fan of pocket snacks. I love pocket snacks. Um, it was an unintentional pocket snack. Um, I had, uh, I, I hadn't been able to eat breakfast that day. Like I got some beans and toast and my usual two red bean buns. Cause I got them with every meal. And, um, that's, it was part of my diet there. And, um, so I, I got my food and I couldn't eat. I was trying to eat my toast with beans. And like, I'd take a bite and just couldn't even chew. I'm like sitting there in the cafeteria. Like, Oh my God, I compete in the Olympics today. Like like, holy crap, this is like, like, literally, like, my entire 20s have led up to this one single day, like, I could not eat, I couldn't swallow my food, and I was like, okay, well, I'll wrap up the red bean buns in a little napkin, put them in my backpack, because I'm sure, like, once I'm there at the pipe, I'm gonna get hungry, and I can, like, actually eat something, because I need some sort of fuel, and so I go through the practice runs, we had, like, 45 minutes, and then I was like, all right, like, okay, I'm gonna, like, actually eat something else so I got uh, my little dumpling out and I took a bite of it and I don't know I I think the contest started and I went to go watch or something happened and I just like put it in my pocket and I was like oh like forgot it was there and um <laughs> they call me up to like strap in and and so I'm I'm in the line I'm like next to go I'm getting my board on and I go to pull my phone out to make sure I have like the right song queued up and I have smudged like all into the case and screen of my phone is like red bean it was like all smashed in the screen and I was like what the heck I was like oh I'm like that dumplings in my pocket still and I was like well I guess I'm gonna keep it there and I was like oh I'm like maybe I should move it from my pants pocket to like my jacket pocket at least and so I just like changed pockets put my phone away cleaned off my screen and then like it was time to drop and um and I was like I was like maybe lucky dumpling will be my thing I was like maybe having this this (laughs) <laughs> this bow in my pocket will be good luck like what if it just brings me good luck and I go huge and I start my run like I will always have a red bean bun in my pocket if like this goes good this could be a-, a talisman and then um the whole run was sketchy I like I had like three different moments where I was hanging on for dear life and um and it got to the end I was like oh my god I've almost survived and I I had a bad landing on my front five where i lost speed and going to the back seven i knew it was so low and i was like i'm gonna have to throw this so hard and i just threw it too hard and i thought i landed and just had too much rotation still in the transition and i just sat down and i'm sitting in the flat bottom like of the pipe and i'm like oh my god i just fell at the olympics like like shit like I was like I was like this is like the biggest moment and I literally just like I almost survived my run and I fell on the last hit and I've never fallen doing that trick like oh I was like crap and I was like oh my god this sucks and um I was like well I can't sit here and cry like I'm gonna have to get up and go down to the cameras and wait for the score that I know is gonna be great and (laughs) I was like go down and because I I was like yeah this is like what am I gonna do I was like well you know what I'm like, well, I got that bean bun in my pocket. And um, it, having a bite of that right now is going to be better than crying. So, um, you know, I picked eating because <laughs> eating, eating <laughs> you know, when you're like, I could either cry or eat and I'm going to eat.
0: Uh- <laughs> I do. I sadly do. Sometimes I, I do I both, like- which is like the ultimate sadness. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that might have even
1: been bigger news hot if I was dog like with in no tears. bun.
0: Just like. <laughs>
1: sad <laughs> that, yeah that might have that might have been more funny it would be me just in tears like sad eating my bun but i was like what am i gonna do like i just fell like i can't i was more incredulous at that point i was like i can't believe that just happened like i like i'll just eat this bun and wait for the trash score that i know i'm about to get and um and then all of a sudden like that moment blew up like it was so big
0: <laughs> like- yeah couldn't have been a better marketing you know ploy by any means (laughs) Uh, whether or not it was planned or not which it sounds like you know I was
1: I was hoping I was like yeah like I'm gonna do something at the Olympics that will get like attention and get some press and like um this like was definitely not what I thought was gonna happen like I was kind of just like oh yeah like I have really crazy colored hair people will talk about my cool colored hair um I didn't think that the bean bun would like spiral into like hundreds of millions of views like
0: Yeah, you're going to be the Bean Bun Girl forever now.
1: You know what? They have a nickname for me in China, actually. I've got a big, like, multi-million people Chinese fan base because I was on their, like, national news. I did a full interview with, like, the government TV in China. And um, they were like, yeah, like, the the Bean Bun got everyone's attention. But, like, really what they're connecting with is, like, your whole story and your attitude and and this journey you've been on. Um, But they've started calling me, like, Bean bun sister and there's like three chinese characters and so i know now i've copied those characters and like when i search for those characters like just like tons of results come up um cuz now i'm i'm bean bun sister <laughs> in china
0: <laughs> i don't know if that's good or bad
1: i've got i've got like probably like a hundred dms right now in my inbox of people who send me recipes for red bean bun cakes they oh. so were like we're so sad that you're leaving china and you won't get to eat your favorite snack like here's how you can make it
0: that's amazing and they're like we
1: want to send you boxes of red bean oh, buns yeah. like
0: you and, and i'm like, bean I, and they're like do, you an,
1: do you have an address we can send it to him like i don't know if i can like PO give out box. an address for am gonna get be getting PO shipments box. from china
0: get a po box <laughs> It'd your, be, yeah. yeah I
1: think it'd be funny I think they would send me a lot and then yeah and then everyone else sending me recipes like oh here's so so you can still have your bean buns here's how you make them."
0: that's amazing I love that so much um what song did you listen to what's your go-to song um,
1: so um I have like usually when I'm when I'm in the country I'll listen to Sirius XM on my phone um my one subscription I pay for and I listen to the faction punk station so it's okay. all just like punk music because I'm like yeah like get it going but then when I'm out of the country I don't want to like rely on keeping a wi-fi connection while I'm in the pipe um so I have like 10 songs that are saved as mp3s on my phone and they're all from like like I don't know like seven years ago um so my song that I was listening to because I had two good practice runs to it so I'm like all right like this is a good song like I'm gonna have this as my competition song um, and it was bad girls by MIA live fast, die young. So I that's what I was that. doing on the way. I like and I was that like, that you yeah, that's saved. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, I literally have MP3s. 10 songs on my phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, my last question before I let you go and you can give a short answer of this. How did you get there? How did you afford to get there? Is this a self-funded journey Is it sponsors? And you don't have to go into too much detail. I did read that you were an extra in Euphoria. uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I just like, I've been laying on the floor. I kind of blew my back out last week. So I've been like binge watching Euphoria. Oh, getting old. It's (laughs) the worst. But it's actually my sciatic nerve. I like it. Diagnosed. I'm good. But I've been binge watching My sciatic
1: nerve is acting up. This
0: is me. This is 35. I'm telling you. I
1: slipped a disc.
0: Uh, I went too hard. I went. It was in Tahoe. It's Tahoe's fault. Um, is this true? Were you an extra in Euphoria? Uh, how did you fund this this whole journey?
1: Yeah. So um, there is a, a scholarship fund that comes from the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee, and it's a fund that they give to countries who like don't have their own funding to like develop teams um, to like help them support athletes. And so through Malta, I get this like scholarship, which, um, is not enough for snowboard training. This is an incredibly expensive sport. I think it would be enough if I was like a track runner, um, and I needed to get like new shoes and like some like gym sessions or something like it, it, like it's not meant for the ski and snowboard sports where everything is like crazy expensive, but, um, that I, I basically just cut down all of my expenses to like match that as well as I could. So like, um, you know, as, as you know, I live in my van over the last year. So the, the fun is also only for like the year before the Olympics and the year of the Olympics. And so I like live in my van to save, you know, like $900 on rent. Cause then I'm like, well, there's $900 that can go into coaching. And then I don't work with my coaches every day. I'll, I'll work with them like one or two days a week, or I'll be like, Hey, so I can train with you five days this month or like 10 days this month. And, I'm going to be on my own, doing my own thing on the other days. Pretty much, yeah, every contest this season, I was like on my own. I was like, do not coach me at this competition. Like, I can't afford to pay coaching fees for this event. I already know the run I'm going to do. Like, I'm just going to go do it. Um, So I had my coach with me like in locks and then at the Olympics, but like all the other ones I had, like um, my boyfriend came to one of them. My parents were at another and I was like, I just need someone to like hold a camera and film me and then I'll see what I'm doing and coach myself off of it. Um, so yeah, so it's like I, I cut down on coaching, then living in my van saves money, and then um, yeah I so I grew up acting and it, that's always been a love, and um I wanted to go back to that one day, but so so like when I pursued snowboarding, I was like okay, well like I've always wanted to be an actor, I've been begging my parents to move us to LA since I was in like first grade, and now said I want to be a snowboarder, like which way do I go? And I was like I can always go back to acting at any point, but like this is kind of my. Well, one window to go after the snowboarding thing. Um, so my dream was to always at some point like be able to act again. And so the year of the 2018 Olympics, when I got my knee surgery, I ended up living in Los Angeles for the next year. I only meant to get like a three month lease and there was none available. So I lived in LA for a year. And it was my only year out of the last 12 years that I haven't lived in the mountains over the winter um but that year i was able to get back into acting just doing like background work and i worked on pretty much every single tv show that takes place in a high school like any (laughs) show you can think of that is in high school i was there for
0: that's a compliment (laughs) at 29
1: yeah yeah like well and you know like so everybody on tv shows everyone's always like the high schoolers look so old and it's because they're all at least 18 like you have to be over 18 and um so if you look youngish like you know, you, you could I think I did like an eighth grader once like I, in the back of the class, just like. Um, but yeah, so so that was the first season of Euphoria that filmed that year. And I worked on that show like quite a bit and they were kind of a mess. We had a lot of like 14 hour work days. And so I made a lot of good money from that. And and I was juggling going to bear between acting days. So like um, when we shot the Halloween party for Euphoria in season one, We had like, I think like four days back to back. And then I got off of set at like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. one night. We had the next like two days off. So I drove up to Bear, snowboard at Bear. And then like I made it back two days later for the like 12 noon call time for the next day of shooting. And I was just going to Bear whenever I wasn't on set. And then coming back to L.A. and doing acting work um, whenever I could get it. So that was that was really fun. But yeah, I made I made some money doing that. It was cool.
0: That's amazing. Um, (laughs) What's next for you? Where can people follow you? Any sponsors you want to thank? Uh, I know you have a big YouTube channel. I know you live in a van. We didn't talk about any of that. Maybe we'll do it again another time. Um, Yeah. Where can people follow you? Yeah, I'm
1: on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, everything at Janice Spiteri or look up, if you can't figure out how to spell my name because you're listening to this, just look up like Malta snowboarder.
0: We'll Janice. tag you. We'll tag you. In any the any
1: variation of the spelling of Janice, you'll probably be able to find me. <laughs> um, yeah, all, all of those. Um... Yeah, I guess shout out uh, Signal Snowboards is the homies, uh, Vans Boots, and um, Sandinista Tequila, new tequila company. Oh, nice. Um, We've got like a rider kind of ownership program. So um, like me, Mikkel Bang, um, Luke Matroni, Chad Otterstrom, Dorian Leibborn, I think it's like the five of us are like rider owners of. Um, this spiced tequila.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So it's cool. They, they want to get big in action sports. They want to, they want to like be involved in action sports and snowboarding and like throwing some events and stuff. So look out for them over the next year or two. And yeah, I think that is, that's amazing.
0: My last question was going to be, if you sang and wrote your YouTube intro song, but clearly you did. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I wrote that song. I wrote my little 10 second teaser, which is funny because that's also been really catchy. That I'll get people who send me clips, chasing dreams at 17, like people will, like rock out to it. And, that's and yeah, it's like that's a pop story. punk song. Yeah, that's what I was going for. I was trying to get some like blink 182 vibes. And I get people who are asking if I'll make a full length version. And I wanted to. And I tried to sit down and write, but that like 10 second like hook of it, I like am having such a hard time making the rest of the song just live up to like that bit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's my little story. Chasing dreams since 17, 17 is when I said, I'm going to be a professional snowboarder moved out. Um, I said goodbye to everything. In my rear view mirror I was like, I'm out. I'm going to be a snowboarder. And you uh, did it. Oh, Chasing since 17, say goodbye to my rear view mirror. Uh, but I never thought it would lead me here. Uh, cause <laughs> this whole journey, I didn't think it would lead me here. I thought I was just going to go party and get free stuff. And
0: <laughs> nothing's free.
1: So much more is happening. Oh, it's, it's been crazy. a journey. Well,
0: congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time.
1: Yeah. Thanks are
0: Absolutely. There was episode 48 of The Pursuit with Mr. Adam X and Janice Petteri. Uh, everyone go follow her. Follow her YouTube. I hate the like, share, subscribe, follow, but like, true, it helps us so much as creators. Uh, and, you know, we talked a little bit after and I, there's always the after talk and we don't record it, but this girl's busting her ass and... You know, she's not she's not rich. She's not rolling in the money. So if you can support her any way, it's follow on Instagram, engage, send her a DM. You know, same with us. Follow us. Leave a review. Those things help so much. So thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Mr. Adam X. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Adam X. Follow at out of collective on the Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. I'm trying, guys. I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30, and I'm trying to do this TikTok thing. So follow at Pursuit Podcast on TikTok. Again, engage. It helps. Just let me go viral once for something stupid. All right, guys. Uh, Yeah, that's it. That's it for the show. Uh, I'm Mr. Adam X. I'll see you tomorrow.